you had a fantastic week and um that you're doing well in Camp Nano if you are if you are camping this year in April and if you're not why the hell aren't you just kidding kind of why aren't you writing right right okay so I didn't write today because I got my eyes dilated um good news is my optic nerves are still awesome bad news is is I was dilated all afternoon and I can't fucking see I mean, I can see, but I can't see the right because I can see distance, but I can't. Anyway, so for the past 20 minutes or so, it's been kind of clearing up. It's been ugh all afternoon, really annoying. Um, Although I didn't have plans to write today because I knew it would probably be fucked up. So I was just like, I'm going to chill. I'm not going to worry about it. I played some Sims. I almost got my Sim killed because I wasn't paying attention and I couldn't really see what was going on. And in Sim 4, they try to they they make you make decisions about what your Sim does, and I couldn't read what it was, and so I just guessed, and I almost got my Sim killed. He's okay. It's a really unfortunate um, encounter with a vampire, but that's okay. It's okay. He managed to escape with his with his, with his humanity intact. Anyways. Uh, so that was about one sentence prompts and inspiration because Julie and I were doing that before April and people were um, really interested in it. And um, I had somebody ask if there were going to be some more and I hope so because I've, I found them really inspiring and interesting. Um, so yeah, we're going to get started. I'm staring. I want to lean that real close so I can see which number is which because the numbers are kind of blurring on my screen. Is that you? Is that the right person? Yep, yep, I was muted. Somebody was talking to me at the exact same time as you unmuted me, and I was like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> go away, whoever it is, go away. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so I've been dilated all afternoon. And um, I, I tend to stay dilated about two or three hours longer than they tell me I will. So. Well, that's not kind. No. My vision's still a little off. Um, thankfully, I did, you know, m- my husband did drive me over there, so I wasn't, like, you know, squinting the whole way home. Although, like I said, my my distance vision is fine. It's my up-close vision that's a problem. So. I never see well when I'm dilated. Never. And nothing nothing is right. It's just, it's a hot mess. I don't know how they tell people they can drive after that shit. Because I'm like, really? People no, can, can drive, drive after this? Um, I have definitely killed Sims on purpose. And I've also killed Sims by accident. And, like, been really upset. Your sins need to and stop also, being pregnant. 
I know. Also, the other day, um, I have a, a because because I am who I am. You guys know I have houses full of Sims named after characters, right? So I had this one house. It's got Harry and Hermione and their kids in it. And their kid, their oldest kid, was trying to fix the computer, but he doesn't have any technical skills. He he electrocuted himself. He's okay. <laughs> but he walked around days for about an hour. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> I'm a little worried about the state of your Sims. <laughs> I tried to make him stop working on it, but it was too late. He, I just wasn't paying attention to him, and and that was that. That's what I, that was that. You, you you can't leave a little sim kid alone, man. They they get up to mischief. Uh, they're little fuckers. Yeah, they are. Yeah. So, yeah, he definitely got Harry's. Um. Uh, yeah, it's not a good thing. Anyways. And in my uh, in one of my other houses, I have John and Rodney. Um, and and Sim, of course four, you do. You can you can make it where your Sim, no matter if they're male or female, can have babies, and you can decide whether or not they stand they pee standing up or not. No matter if they're male or female, it's really cool. It's a lot. It's very inclusive. There's lots of options, and um, you can even make female Sims get other Sims pregnant. I mean, there's just like all kinds of options, right? I'd, so be, ha- course, I'd be having all all the pregnancy options turned off. Like nobody is getting knocked up without my permission. <laughs> well, that's the real cool thing about the Sims. Outside of alien abduction, there are no unwanted babies. In order to make a baby, both Sims have to agree to make a baby. Unless it's an alien but abduction. Did, but didn't you have an alien abduction pregnancy? Yes, twice. The first time he came back pregnant, I didn't save it because I didn't want to make him have an alien rape baby, just in case he didn't consent, right? So this next time he got kidnapped, I thought, okay, if he comes back pregnant again, I'm, I'm going to make him have it because I told him not to go outside. And he kept going outside anyway, and he got abducted. Again, so I let him, but he didn't get pregnant the second time. <laughs> Smart boy. Mom but was serious. What's really interesting about alien abductions and pregnancy is it doesn't matter if you have the sim turned on to make babies or not. Like if like if you have a male sim, you can have him get pregnant or not get pregnant in the settings. But even a sim that can't get pregnant naturally can come back pregnant from an abduction. That's really disturbing. <laughs> That's really disturbing. <sighs> so, yeah. Yeah. I gave my one girl, one of my aunts, um, uh, sent me a uh, gift certificate for um, Origin for um, my birthday, and I had never used it, and I thought, well, it's probably expired because it was last year, and I wasn't playing anything on EA at the time. And so I found it, and it wasn't expired. And I was like, well, hell yeah. So I went over there, and I got Sims Pets, and um, I gave my, my girl Sim a cat. Um, and she had this really great romance going on with the guy next door, but the cat hated her boyfriend, so she dumped him. 
I was like, oh, my God, I had this great romance going. I was planning a wedding, and now I can't have a wedding. I'm a little bit disturbed. <laughs> Me, too. I had plans for the wedding. I've been making a garden in the backyard. Gone. It's all gone. All my plans. Anyways, we're not here to talk about The Sims. But if you do play Are Sims, are you sure? And you're, yeah, and you're on YouTube. If you're not watching the Hundred Baby Challenge with Kelsey, I don't know what you're doing with your life. Oh my God, you need to go over there and watch Kelsey do the Hundred Baby Challenge because it is fucking hilarious. Anyways, I find my I think I'm conceptually disturbed already. <laughs> hundred babies? No. Yes, no. you have to have a hundred babies. Each one has to have a different parent. She can't have babies with more than one person. Well, she can't get pregnant by more than one person. So she could have twins by the same person, and they count towards her total, but she can't hit that up again. So she's on baby 16 or 17 now, I think. She's hilarious. I mean, you got to watch it. The 100 Baby Challenge. It's it's fucking hilarious. I'm not saying I would do a 100 Baby Challenge, but it does amuse me to watch her try to do it. I don't know if she's going to make it, but it's hilarious. Anyways, <clears throat> once it's prompts, I made a new one today. Yesterday. Was it yesterday? Yesterday. yesterday. And, yeah. And I showed it to Jilly and we're gonna we're gonna try that out after April, I guess. Or when we both finish our trade because we might both right. just be done really like any day now. Yeah, Camp Nano expects me to be done with my seventy five K, which I think is just about accurate now. I'm not now that I'm getting towards the middle of my plot, I think seventy five K is probably accurate. I'm I'm just over forty. Um Nano thinks I'm gonna finish by the nineteenth or the twentieth, maybe. I'm thinking after this chapter I'll have two more, which will put me 50K is my current estimate, but based upon my current average chapter length of 6,200 words, um, uh, (laughs) I can't believe that's my average chapter length. It's killing me. So I guess I'll be about 55,000 words. I think my average is is around 5K, give or take, this time. Yeah, I, I had one chapter that edged closer to 7,000 and one that was a little slight. I had one that was slightly, I think, like three words under 5K. <laughs> but um, most of them, I was like, it's weird, you know. And the thing is, I don't – I went back and I looked and I went to see, could I have broken these up differently? Uh, and there really isn't a place – to me, there wasn't an obvious way to have moved things around. I mean, I covered the things in every chapter that I planned to cover and moving any of those scenes to another place – would have been awkward and made other chapters unwieldy. So I just, it just went long. Every chapter just went long. (laughs) That's just the way it went this time around. Sometimes you're just wordy as fuck. That's me, wordy as fuck.
And I expect things will get longer when I edit, so that's not a really good sign, actually. Because <laughs> I went back and looked, and there's some alternating dialogue sections where it becomes a little bit muddy about who's speaking. And so, you know, just fleshing that out and putting in all the words I didn't type for whatever reason, because dropping words is what I do in my rough draft, um, it's going to get longer when I edit. And so that's going to kind of be a little bit like... Um, It's going to be kind of make it bigger, even bigger. I know you've got readers out there right now saying, it's okay, we love bigger. Yes, I, we get that. We understand your greed. But also, um looking at it from our point of view is that when we're looking at a project, we are looking to create something with um, with balance and um, with, with narrative style. And when it's not doing what we want it to do, when it's not working out the way we want it to work out, it can be very frustrating. And so when I say I want to do something in 20K and I end up doing it in 30, yeah, that's amusing for you, but it's frustrating as fuck for me. Yeah. Because yeah. I have failed I mean, at my goal. Yeah. And I do, I do find 6,000 6, 6, is an average chapter length. Above 6,000 tends to be a little long. Um, but I, you know, I'll have to wait and see how I feel about it. Cause if it reads like it's the pace is dragging when I, when I edit, I'll have to figure out how to address that. But from what I've reread so far, I think cause there's a lot of dialogue. It tends, it, it so far, it's not feeling like it's dragging to me, but you know, I don't mind going 5,000 over 50 K, but I do mind that that was all in, um, overly long chapters. So it's just it's a little bit like, you know, an occasion to me it's six six thousand sixty five hundred seventy two hundred. I, I shoot for that to be an occasional length, not my average. So that all my chapters are running long. Um, I like yes, my chapters, both- chapters to be around forty eight to fifty two hundred. Um, when they go over that or under that, I'm like. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it bugs me. But I agree. I, I agree. Dark Tony and Dom are both very talkative. So, um, well, I'm yeah, at yeah. There's never going to be okay. And I am on plot point sixty, and I've got so, and my total is ninety four, not counting the ones I've added in, and I've taken some out based on decisions I made. So I probably have. Three plot points there. So I'm on plot point 60. I have 94 total based on that number, and I've taken out four. So I have what, 30, 30 points left, and I'm at 42K? That sounds about. So I'm thinking. 65 to 75 is, is reasonable. There, there could be a little bit longer here or there. Um, and I do have a plot ripple that I, that I, I'm kind of worried about how I feel about it, you know, when I start writing and see how I, and I'm just, I'm just, I, I have a ripple. So I have a plot ripple that I really, that I thought I addressed the address that I made is not particularly sincere. Um, 
it's more about how I would want it to go versus how it probably would go as far as the characters are concerned. And so it doesn't feel um, genuine to me. Um, so... <clears throat> Well, that sucks. I hate it. Curious. I'll, I'll tell you. Okay, so here's the thing. Patrick Shepard, that's John's father, he knows that his son's in a combat posting. He also knows that John has custody of his 10-year-old son. What he doesn't know is where the 10-year-old is. And based on Patrick's own military experience, he knows damn well his grandson should not be or would not be in a base in a combat posting under any circumstances in the Middle mm-hmm. East or in Afghanistan or wherever he assumes his son is. So he wants to know where the fuck his grandson is. And um, O'Neill is not being forthcoming. Um, he didn't react well. Patrick admits this. <laughs> so I have it in my plot that, that John makes his father back off. But I wonder how genuine that is. And because if I was, I mean, because Patrick is only knowing what he knows, right, from from John, and John, and he has every reason to believe that John's communications are being monitored and censored. That's how it works, right? So, right. I don't know if he would just take that. And so, I had him backing off in my plot document. But it really doesn't feel genuine that he that and I don't know it just it doesn't feel genuine. So I'm still working on it. And um, but yeah, <clears throat> eventually he will be read in, and that's and I do have that part in there as 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 a potential jeep, but. I'm not there yet in my plot document, and here he is on Earth finding out that his oldest son is in a combat posting. He's got a 10-year-old grandson he didn't know existed. Um, He's got a lot of money and a lot of friends. It's probably going to reach him at some point that that Sebastian's mother was murdered Um, because he is well-connected. And so it's... I mean, he's got to think that his – he's got to think that somebody else – because he would have no reason to think that – it it would be a bizarre leap for him to think that Sebastian was with with John. Um, So he would have to assume somebody not family has Sebastian. Right. And I – don't see him backing off. It just seems like, I agree with you. You've got a, you've got a problem. You've got a ripply it's a, issue. It's a, yeah, I have a ripply issue. And sometimes when you're plotting and you, and you account for your ripples and, and you think you've done a good job with it. And I, I do think that on the outside, I could make this work. I could make it. I could make the reader buy it, but I don't buy it. And so that becomes the problem. In that, you know, when I plotted, okay, yeah, I'll just do this, this, and this. And then I had this ripple hit me that, okay, you know, there's no way in hell under normal circumstances that Sebastian would be on a military base anywhere where there's action, where Patrick would assume that John is. 
Right. So, right, right. And there's just no way. Um, Yeah, Jack might have to make a sacrifice. Uh, (laughs) But no, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. In the you know, in in the newsletter, you know, in in the letter that Patrick sent, I wanted him to to be as open as possible, but I also wanted him to let John know. I want to, you know, that he's confused about where the kid is because he knows that he should not be anywhere near John in a combat situation. So where the hell is his grandson? But he also knows that John's email is being monitored, you know, because you can't communicate with somebody in the military in private, especially when they're, Deployed. Not even your physical letters are private. Uh, so, <clears throat> yeah, he did find but out his that O'Neill le- had custody. That's that's why he cussed him out. Yeah, like why because didn't Jack didn't reach out to him for a whole fucking month when he, when he had contact of um, when he had a hold of Sebastian but really honestly uh, Jack would have had no business doing that Patrick might have preferred it but unless John was MIA and there was no ability to contact John O'Neill would have had no right whatsoever to try to manage, to try to rearrange Sebastian's custody without John's input But to take him to Patrick, that would have been a that'd be over, it's overstepping. That's severely overstepping. I mean, he, he did what he did to, he, he did what he did do to protect the kid to figure out if the kid actually was John's and to to bring John back. That that's what he did. So, but for him to start making arrangements for the custody of John's child without John's input and John is very available. Not good. <laughs> so, but yeah, I do, I do have this ripple, and my solution doesn't feel, I mean, on the surface, it, it, it seems workable, but it, it, it doesn't feel genuine to me as an author. And sometimes you will encounter that when, when, you're, when you're writing, whether you're a plotter or a pantser. You know, a, a decision that you make just doesn't, doesn't work. Well, see, the thing is, is Patrick has no idea at this point about any of the circumstances around the SGC, why Sebastian isn't on Earth. He doesn't even know Sebastian's not on Earth. Um, so he doesn't know. And once Patrick knows everything, he'll be, I'm sure he'll be on board. But that's really not the point. That doesn't solve your problem now. Um which, you know, you've got do have a big problem of getting Patrick read in, told you gotta shut up, dude. You gotta quit pushing this. Because conceivably you're, if you're you make bringing... enough waves with with the wrong people and like where's my grandson? Why isn't he here? Or, you know, if he starts feeling like he's being stonewalled and takes legal action, he could jeopardize um Sebastian's position because there could be some, you know, child services person that starts demanding that 
Sebastian be presented them so they could do a welfare check because why isn't he with his father? Because he can't be with his father because his father's in a combat posting. So where is the child, you know? It it has some ugly ramifications as Patrick starts feeling like he's being stonewalled. So there's ripple, 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 ripple. And my construction is currently, um, I have two POVs, John and Sebastian. So I don't feel comfortable at this point, 40K in, adding a new POV, um, even if it is on Earth, uh, or how that would work, um, because of of the way I've constructed my novel, it's not like an episodic series where I can can break it up. Um, Mason Blake is is ex Air Force. Um, He is aware of O'Neill. And he was aware of O'Neill when he was in uniform. Um, he is aware enough to know that where Sebastian is is, is no longer his his concern. So I I structured it that way. So he's actually an an, an ex Air Force JAG officer, so that I wouldn't have to worry about him pushing around in the background. So that's why I made Mason Blake what he is. Somebody who knows when not to ask questions. Right. But, yeah, Patrick is is my sticking point. Because even um, Karen, that was Sebastian's mom, her godfather being Randolph Rampart, um, isn't a problem because Rampart knows very well um, what goes on at the SGC. So he probably knows exactly where Sebastian is. He's not um, going to and be he probably, pushing it. And he probably, he probably has insight into, since he has already read in on the program, he probably has some insight into the trust and would understand without being explicitly told that the only reason they would take a child to Atlantis was if that they were under that kind of threat. He can put the pieces together. Right. He's not a dodo. Right, so that only really leaves Patrick, um, and to find out that his son was a POW, and he didn't get called, and to find out his son has been injured not once, but three times, um, in um, in situations where he's earned more than one Purple Heart, um, and to find out his grandson is not available to him, and that John is not available to him. So it, uh, I had it where John was just said, Dad, you need to back off. But that's not going to work. That That's not – Patrick's reaction to that wouldn't be – what I have written down in my plot isn't genuine. And that's what you run into sometimes when, when you when – you, I mean, even as a plotter and even as a planner and even someone as I think that I probably actually have a very good grasp 99% of the time of my ripples. It's one of my better skills as a writer. And I spent, you know, it's, I've been writing for a very long time, and that's just something that was one of the things that I'm better at. Like, you know, you have skills that you can do with skills that you can't. So I can write really good sex. I'm really good at picking out my ripples. I'm great at dialogue. I suck at action. Oh, my action takes a long time to write. It would take me ten times longer to write an action scene than it would a sex scene of the same length. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, and well, for me, the, 
the fastest writing for me is dialogue. So, I, I mean, I the amount of action I probably in the sprints I did today, I probably did like fifteen hundred words of action. Um, I could have gotten, like you said, ten times that done if it was just dialogue. It was just. It's it's like ripping my fingernails out, man. It's terrible, and it's not it's not. And I know it's not comprehensible right now because I have I have I decided to have the action sequence being seen through the lens of somebody who's not present. So, (laughs) which it just there's a reason why I really did pick I picked it to be in Tony's point of view, even though he's not there, for a really good reason, but. It, it's making it even harder to convey what's going on because I've got him listening to a, a battle basically on comms that like 15 people are talking and it's just gibberish. <laughs> it's just gibberish. So it's, I don't, sometimes I regret all my life choices. Like why did I do it this way? <sighs> That's because I'm making a point, and there is a point, and this is the way I decided to make it. <laughs> this is the way I decided to make it, and I was just like, oh, I wish I'd done this a little bit differently. But I still think, despite the fact that I had these woes all day today trying to write this action scene, I still feel like it was the right way to structure this part of the story. It's just killing me. Well, boy, I think it's a good challenge for yourself then. Um I think if you're always comfortable 100% um, in your in your work product that that you're, that you're not challenging yourself. Well, expect and that's not good. Like a little, I don't usually get like alpha reads on my um, rough draft because that's crazy cakes, right? But every once in a while, I have <laughs> to throw something at Kira and go, "Does this make sense?" <laughs> but. So you, don't, don't be surprised if you get a really bizarre action scene later today and go, can you comprehend <laughs> what's happening here? <laughs> Somehow she's got to something at somebody and say, hey, do you want to set my characters on fire or are you okay with this? <laughs> or Yeah, or is this good? I did not want to set them on fire. You never can tell. But the one sentence prompt. I think it's been a really interesting experience because um, what's been really been interesting is seeing uh, pop up, and then sometimes, like, well, obviously our solutions to you know the problems that we've kind of built into these challenges are different, and it's it's really interesting to see um, that work, and then to see you guys do it as well, and then to see how you're doing it. Um, and how a pantser handles it versus a plotter or, you know, and just stuff like it's just, it's just been really interesting to see how, uh, how people have responded to the various ones in its um, prompts. Yeah. I, when I do like a, when I do like a one, the one sentence prompts are our longest prompt, I think. Um, yeah. Even the vignettes are, are, are still a maximum of 2000 words, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the one sentence. So the one sentence prompt five. is two to five. Yeah, so it's the biggest yeah, so, one. So, so at five thousand, I'm starting to actually plot what I'm. I, I'm planning what I'm going to write down because usually, if you give me five thousand words, I'm going to take the five thousand. Although I say that, 
but then even what's happened several times is I've planned what I'm going to write. And my, I think my workout economics have been actually really good with some of these. And I've gotten through it in 3,000 words or 2,200 words. But I still, because you're giving me, I'm getting 5,000 words, to me that's edging close to something with a little bit of plot in it, a little bit of short, it's a little short story-ish to me. So I'm, gonna, I'm thinking it through. Whereas if you give me 1,000 words, I don't really think it through. I just sit down and... I get an idea and I think right. I execute it because you're writing a scene basically. And um, so it's really different. You wouldn't think it'd be all that different, but for me, it's really different to write something that's a thousand words versus you give me that, that range of two to five where I'm going to start to think about what am I trying to accomplish in those 5,000 words? Because I don't want to introduce so much that I'm going to go over, but I don't want it to be so simple that it's like 2001 words. So um, I like, for me, I, I do the same thing because I want the I want to cram as much as possible in that 5K. Yeah, and sometimes cramming and as much as possible means it's 2,200 words, which is weird, but that's the way it goes sometimes. Right, and you, and you look at it and you think, okay, I'm well, I'm done, or that's chapter one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, in both of our I cases, did have we to... had a. I did have one that um, I actually had to write a different one for because the one that I originally plotted was easily like chapter one. So I thought, no, that's not going to work. Replot. <laughs> yeah, we both had that moment in one story where we had to stop. It's like if I write any more, I'm opening up a can of worms mm-hmm. that I can't deal with in 5K. Right. Be, and so we both, be we both came up. Yeah, and we both came in short on that one. Like, mine was the Hobbit one, and that one came in less than 3,000 words. I don't remember exactly how long it was, but I do know it was less than 3,000. And um, yours, I think, was around 3,500 or something. Yeah, it was Mothership. Yeah, it was Mothership. And you hit, this, yeah. you, hit, you hit the wall. You went, wow, if I write one more sentence, this is chapter one, and you had to stop. But yeah, that was way the hell out of. It would have definitely yeah. been a novel. I mean, I, I was on the precipice. It was like I'm, I'm teetering. If if I write one more sentence, I'm writing a book, and so I had to stop. Yeah. It doesn't mean I won't no. go back to it though. <laughs> In the most recent one I wrote, which was um, a common a common disaster, I think that was no choices was last, wasn't it? No, common um, disaster was the last one I did. We did the Bruce Banner one. Which that, that was should have been. Yeah, mine my was for the heart that cannot vary, and yours was the common disaster. Yeah, so that one was the one where Betty Ross comes back. And if I had written any more, there'd have been a threesome happening. I was like, no, nah, I gotta cut, gotta cut myself off. <laughs> Just gotta stop myself. <laughs> um. Does there anybody else feel cock-teased? Because I feel cock-teased. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, I did, have, I did have the words available because that one came in at 2,600 words. So I, I could have doubled the length of that one over what I wrote. Um, but it didn't feel like it was the point, right? But they were like, they were like this close to um, propositioning Tony and him saying, yeah, let's, let's go for it. So um, I don't know why. That was not in my mind. I have to say that was not in my mind when I started writing it, but there was this flirty vibe that was coming up as I was writing, and I was like, hmm, I better put a stop to this. Well, you'll have plenty of right. November to explore that flirting vibe. 
Well, and now I've got it. The thing is, I wasn't planning on. Um, That's the that cutest fucking kitten can't... I've ever seen. That is a very cute kitten. There is. Um, uh, I have a weakness for calico, though. So if anybody ever wants to get their way with me, it needs to be a calico kitten. So just saying. Not that I should tell you guys how to, orange. How to coerce me. Um, but I, I didn't plan to bring Betty into Demons at all. That was pants in. And it was because of writing the one-sentence prompt right before we started Rough Trade that now I have a feeling that I will always be bringing her into yeah, I think I overseed myself, and I didn't even mean to yeah. because I actually had plans in November that didn't account for that, and and now I um, fucked because I created this, this idea in my head that 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 Betty can't move on, that she's waiting for Bruce to come back, and I can't. I just I OTP'd myself, and I didn't mean to, but now it's done. So any, I, I actually, I actually had planned to do Tony Bruce in November. That's not happening. Yeah. It it just I wasn't I, I I kind of just once we wrote that prompt, I just got it in my head that Betty is gonna would that's what she would do, is when she realized that that Bruce was staying in New York, that she would go to New York and she's gonna get her man. And I it's like now whatever story I write, I have a feeling that's gonna be part of the plot line. Um. So it, <laughs> I incepted myself. I gave myself a headcanon. And so when I started working on Demons, I was like, I got to deal with, you know, it wasn't a big part because Bruce isn't a big part of Demons. He's, he's there. Um, and he, he has a bigger part in, in, the, uh, in the battle sequence that I'm, I'm writing right now. But he's not really a main feature of the story. So he's kind of like mentioned incidentally. Which made that this whole throwing Betty in like this little it was it had to be a very micro subplot because yeah I couldn't really I didn't like Bruce hasn't even been on screen yet <laughs> so but Betty has she was great <laughs> yeah so I just I was like you know I have to I have to get her in there and then um, and then it, she wound <laughs> up being a complication for me in the battle sequence because there's a moment in the battle where you know. Dom's plan for how they're going to handle this thing that's going on involves their backup plan, their, their fail-safe, involves um, Bruce. And it involves some special training they did with Hulk that, that Tony doesn't find out about till later what they did. But it would all fall apart if – but I realized if Betty's in danger, they can't rely on Hulk to be calm which is what they needed for this backup plan for their fail safe. And so now I've created a complication for myself that wasn't in the original plot because Betty is there. And but if she's in Betty danger. Betty's the daughter of a military officer, and she's a grown-ass woman. Give her a gun. <laughs> no guns. No I got guns. this, Betty. There's no guns. So, um <laughs> I mean, no, at, this, at the point that I'm writing right now, so Dom calls for her to be evacuated, um, and she's not happy about it at all. But he called, he's like, we cannot afford for, for you to be the distraction to Hulk. Hulk is completely fixated on you, and he doesn't want you in jeopardy. And right now, they didn't know when they set up headquarters that they had inadvertently put everybody in what was going to be the center of the battle. So he has to call for her to be evacuated 
Yeah, but if she would, she'd be a badass. That's not the point. Is that if she's in jeopardy, right. they can't. Hulk is not going to be calm, and his part of the plan requires him to be steady if he if he's needed. And so she has to be. She can't be there. And I thought through every permutation of how I could leave her on site, and it didn't work out. So um, because I wanted, I had plotted for for everybody before I put her into the story at the last minute I had plotted for them to inadvertently be working out of where these robots are headed but then all of a sudden I'm thinking about it going well Betty's there that's going to be a problem with the backup plan because <laughs> that is this, this this backup plan that involves Hulk and um, I was like that's an issue he's not going to be calm if she's in danger and you can't just give her a gun or a sword and tell her to defend herself. He's he's going to not deal with that very well. So I was like, she's got to go. Sorry, Betty. <laughs> it's not sexism. It's Hulkism. you got to go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. You know. we got to keep the big guy calm. The tone of your story doesn't allow for... A moment like I can, I got this. Just go do your business. Because even if she does got it so long, Hulk's not going to. He's not going to deal with that. No. And Jarvis does fly her out. Um, that's how she gets evacuated. Is Jarvis uses one of the suits that he has created for picking up sentinels or whatever in distress. And he sends that Tony sends, they send that suit in to get her and fly her off, off, off the building. Um, but it just, it just threw this little wrinkle in where I was like, well, I can't have Hulk calmly sitting there doing this thing that I had planned. Um, when, when Betty's in jeopardy. So, um, or potentially in jeopardy. So, yeah, well, Jarvis is like you know running run, running the show. Yeah, Jarvis Jarvis is the ultimate hero of the MCU. I agree. Um, but it did it doing that one sentence prompt and doing that one twenty five hundred word story wound up affecting my head canon <laughs> completely in a way I didn't expect. And then I had to deal with the ripple effect of that into my current work because I could have ignored that thing. I could have made myself ignore it, but it was like, it would be like a thorn, you know, or like a, like a, a like some yeah. having hives and people telling you you can't scratch. It's like, that's not nice. I think your solution works. I mean, I haven't read it, but I think it works. I mean, um, as long as Anna the Hulk trusts Jarvis, And, and she's with do. Tony. So, and, and, and that works. So, um, and, and that young. works. They'll, they know where she's being taken, so she'll be safe. But And Bruce is very on board. The minute he hears that, the minute Dom says, I want her out of there, Bruce is immediately on board with it. He and he and Hulk are totally, yeah, get her out of here. So, um, Bruce is good with it. And once Bruce is, is, and and that right there is Bruce being on board with Akio. And this this is a, this amounts to like five sentences 
in that in that whole scene is it's not much but it's just like she became a complication that I then had to deal with but I didn't deal with it like laboriously I just dealt with it and moved on but a long-term solution would be her own suit <laughs> she should she will okay. definitely get her own suit Sunday but Tony's going to fit everybody up you, Tony hasn't um Tony hasn't met most of the team that are working on these problems yet. He right. knows he knows Jim and Blair and Kyle and Scott, and of course he knows Tony and Bruce. He knows Dom and Bruce, um, but he doesn't. He's never met Betty. Um, he's invited her into the tower and up into the you know um, very secure spaces because of her connection to Bruce. Um, but he doesn't know Ian. He's never met Ian or Penelope. He's never met. Um, a lot of the people who are involved in the things going on back in New York while he's in Japan. So um, he's going to come home to like Dom having collected a whole bunch of people and say, here, Tony, <laughs> look, I got people for you. I but he's getting people. to know them all. But then I decided to bring the Fantastic Four into things. And that's added another level of complication because I am, um, Turns out Johnny Storm's a pain in the ass. Yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> Let's just not even go into that whole part where he looks exactly like Captain America. Looks <laughs> exactly like. So it's, but it, I've, I've been, um, I've enjoyed. What I've, I think one of the things I really liked about the one sentence prompts is it has allowed me to um, explore things that I enough to feel really either really satisfied with it or to feel like I'm accepted with it that I want to do more with it, but to really explore things that I can't really explore much in a thousand words. And um, sometimes it's given me new headcanon, or sometimes it's told me things I don't. I don't really feel like I need to do that again. Um, I'm done with this one. So, and sometimes it's funny. It's because um, I told one of the things I told myself. I said, "Well, now that Tony and Steve have met at a crime scene, you know, on opposite sides of the crime scene tape, kind of thing." Well, that's I, I, I've explored that now. I can move on. And then I brought myself up short and go, wait a minute, I didn't explore that. Kira did. <laughs> but I still, felt, I, I still felt complete. <laughs> and that's all that counts. Because sometimes you just need to see something done really well by someone, you know, to feel like you're really satisfied, and that's that. <laughs> I'm done. Thanks. Appreciate that. all I needed but yeah I mean it's really also fun to explore these ideas on a micro level and not have any kind of expectation on myself for a full-length novel or a large series just doing these little one shots is very satisfying I get to explore these little concepts and these um um micro elements in in various fandoms that I often don't get to explore so um it's been fun. It's been interesting. The real test would be doing one of these um, 
I did a really, really short short for Harry Potter um, uh, called The Warrior's Path. Uh, I have not tried to do one of the one sentence for Harry Potter because Julie is currently off Harry Potter. Um, but I don't know how we would accomplish it anyway. I mean, it's just like we have a prompt in our bank right now that we both look at. And I wrote it, and I still look at it and go, no, there's, there's just no way I can write that in 5K. <laughs> I don't even know why I wrote that down. It's like it really amused me to write it down, but there's just no way. Here, I'll, I will tell you guys this prompt, and then you can laugh at me and go, bitch, what? No. That's yeah, what I was going to Yeah, 2 to 5K. She knew, she knew the goal was 2 to 5K when she wrote this prompt. I always, yeah, I made up the goal. Okay, so here's the goal. Here's the, here's the prompt for this 2 to 5K one-sentence prompt thing. <laughs> write a court seat. No, not dog. It depends on the courtroom. Okay, so Thor and Oakenshield fell in love with a hobbit, died, got a lecture, and started over again. <laughs> that was the sound of me face palming. Every time it's I really think about that prompt. Dude, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was like, you want to do time travel in The Hobbit in 5K? Are you nuts? No. So, yeah, I just was like, no, <laughs> no. But I'm also really tempted by the challenge. I, The challenge really, really intrigues me. So, you know. It would be a challenge, yeah. I, you know, it it depends on where you start and where you want to end end up. Yep. Start and end, Um, that's everything. But yeah, I really like that prompt. I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but it's staying in our list. We have others. But that one's staying on the list. I kind of want to break your heart, not make you laugh. (laughs) (laughs) So if I wrote it, it wouldn't be cracky. (laughs) I would get a whole bunch of comments like, oh, my God, fuck you. (laughs) Yeah. Because sometimes I I make you cry. I'm not sorry. I could do I could do cracky in 5K. Cracky tends to be short for me. I haven't produced anything very long. I mean, adaptable is long, but long for me, crack cracky for me that was long. But that's still only like 10K, right? I'm asking you like you would know how long my story is. Let me go figure mine out. How long is adaptable? It's the first story in the list. So. I have another yeah, it's one. Yeah, it's only it's only sixty one hundred words. So, I, yeah, I don't yeah. tend to go long for I don't tend to go long for crack. Right. My other Hobbit um, one sentence prompt is Thorin is working in Bree the first time he meets Bilbo Baggins. So, which is honestly that one is just an excuse for me to write porn. That's what I figured. I was like, I, when I read it, I was like, that's a sex prompt. <laughs> 
Same page, same paragraph. Mm-hmm. Which is why I picked the other one. That's how we do it, is one of us comes up with a list of prompts and gives it to the other one who picks. Right. And sometimes we don't think it through. We just pull sentences <laughs> out of somewhere and throw it off the page and then go, Throw it like, at the I other person. Her, and I go, damn it, now i got to do it. Fuck. Yeah, well, I don't remember what I said. I, I, I sent you the problem of what it was. I sent you the problem. Of, I don't know why I wrote down any of those. I actually do have another part on this list. It's actually, I think, a really good starting point for somebody in July. Is it Thorin decides at the last moment that he can't let Bilbo face the dragon alone, and he goes into the mountain with him. That one was the one I blanked on. I'm like, it's weird. Sometimes, like, I read a sentence and I go, okay, that would, I think I could do something with that. I could do something with that. Sometimes I read one and I go, what? And that's the one I was completely blank. (laughs) I was was like, like, no. (laughs) I really wanted to fix the sex prompt, though. So, process of elimination, she gave me only giving her sex prompts. (laughs) <laughs> she gives me she gives me for that one she gives me um time travel. So that was a hard no because I'm like I can't do time travel in five games. I didn't think about the crack angle. Um she gives me that Bilbo accidentally kills the dragon. I was like, Okay, I could do something with that. And then she gives me um the sex prompt. Um and then she gives me the one I blanked on. And so process of elimination I wasn't in the mood to write sex, so <laughs> Bilbo was actually <laughs> killing a dragon. So, the we, right in my the, head. We ha- the we have others, and, by the way, is is in reference yeah, to prompts. Yeah. We didn't write stories. Yeah, we didn't write. We didn't write answers to prompts that we didn't post. Well, Kira might have. I don't know. I don't have any. <laughs> No, I mean, no, no. I, I did some plotting for stuff, but I never actually wrote it because um, it got too long. I was like, oh, that's just dumb. What am I doing? Um, but one of the more interesting prompts that I've got on my list um, is, and I wrote it in my head. I was do, I was grocery shopping, and I was thinking about the prompts, and I wrote this prompt in my head. So I don't know what I'll ever do with it if I ever have to actually physically write it. Is Jarvis prevents the shield data dump, and Tony Stark gets the job he never wanted but can't trust anyone else to do. I wrote the whole damn thing in my head. I have no idea how long it was. <laughs> Probably quite long. I finished it by the time I finished grocery shopping. An hour and a half. 15K is about reasonable. I write much faster in my head than I do physically. (laughs) Did you see that? (laughs) Did you see Dark Sprite? Did you see Dark Sprite? Yeah, yeah, and the thing is, I'm starting to feel like that kit, that kitten's getting chafed. I got to stop that gift from playing. <laughs> that poor kitten on the bottom is not, you know, they're they're going to start feeling that. <laughs> He's been licked at least a hundred times now. 
<laughs> but yeah, I did accept myself for Betty and Bruce, and I don't know what to do about it because I had plans, and and now my plan for November no longer works. I'm still in the cloud plotting stage for that, so it's not like a I can't do something else. And also, my other MCU prompts have given me. Um, I kind of went off the Tony Stark, uh, Steve Rogers pairing because of MCU shenanigans. But writing in that space, like right after the Avengers, it's, it's kind of giving me my groove back on that pairing. And so I know um, it's kind of yeah. weird. I wrote that pairing in November, but remember how I wasn't sure it was going to work out? I was like, I don't know about this. But I still feel more positively about it now than I did in in December from writing those shorts because yeah they allowed us yeah. I think it's that we allowed us to deal with the shenanigans after the Avengers immediately after the Avengers right um, I fucking love my casting for Betty it there's nobody else and I will bur- I will double bird in the MCU for whoever they cast if it's not her <laughs> if we ever see Betty again. In the MCU, she better be in Dara. That's, that's all I got to say. I, I, I can't. I'm done. I don't, don't want to hear it. I want to hear it, Joss, or whoever's fucking taking over next. I mean, I like the actresses they've cast as, as Betty in, in, the, in the movies, various movies, but they don't gel with me for the MCU um, casting no. for Bruce at all. And Mark Ruffalo is is Bruce Banner now. That 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 headcount is deeply entrenched. So there had to be a recasting for Betty. Um, and and I think which I think I thought first time I saw the actress you had picked um, was it was her name like Indira Varma or something? Did I get that right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I was like, yeah, that's that's Betty. I'm I'm there. I'm there. First time I saw her, I watched her on a show called Human Target. And then I was like, you know what, I I want to see more of her. And so I accidentally caught, I was on Netflix, and she was um, the lead detective of this British um, this British um, crime drama. And it was just yeah, I like her so much. <laughs> yeah, that's Betty. Yeah, Stark is totally going to live in their combined bed. Ed, um, the kitten, not the person. <laughs> that would be weird. <laughs> I think that threesome could actually be pretty hot, but I'm not sure I would write it. I'd love to read it, but I'm not sure I'd write it. Yeah, my plot for November is really kind of wibbly right now, um, partially because I've given myself some interesting headcanons recently, so um, I'm letting myself kind of stew on it for a while.
But I think my word goal for November is probably going to be upwards of 150. Damn. Just, just based on what I've been doing um, in sprints and um, my cloud plotting um, and the themes I want to explore and the um, – what I want to hit, the points I want to hit. So, yeah, I'm thinking 150 for November. I don't so whatever know where we've, I'm um, named our our levels next time. I, I forget what I named the levels for the, for the upcoming November. We did but they're in them. alphabetical order. <laughs> that became a problem last time. Um. Uh, I'm pulling up the. Me too. So. Path. Yeah, I, I guess I'm definitely in the Oscar Wilde class because that's 100K. Yeah, Dickinson, London, Shelley, and Wilde. Yeah, so I'll definitely. I usually I usually do 100K in November anyway, but. Um. I am already at. Getting close to 60k this month, um, but I've mostly not completely, but mostly I'm not getting more than a thousand or two thousand words a day in on my other projects. I hit this point a few days ago where I didn't want to work on anything but demons, um, and at the beginning of the month, it was it wasn't a problem. I was switching between multiple projects without issue. Um, and then I hit this point where I just went, I just want to work on demons. And sometimes I'm, I'm like that with a story where I'm just so in it that I don't want to be, have my tension divided. Um, so I'm just trying now, even though I, my goal had been to not write myself out of the challenge before the middle of the month, I might be doing that anyway. But that's fine, you know, because then I can go focus completely on one of these other projects or focus on two projects or something. Um, but because I've been so productive lately with the writing, uh, since our first write-in, I'm, I'm almost, I'm just like squeaking under 200k since our first write-in, which will be two, eight weeks ago tomorrow, I think. So let's see, one, one, four, nine, five, five. I'm at 4,800 for the month. Uh, 48,000 for the month. If I count my original fic, which I started. Um, and my and my nano and my, my my camper, my camp, my RT. So I'm I, at forty eight hundred. Yeah, I can't thousand. I, I yeah, I can't I can't everything I worked on so far this month. Well, I've just been really the sprints have been super productive for me. Um, so I it it's I don't know if I'm going to shoot for a bigger plot in November. It depends upon how things go between now and then, or if I'm going to still stick with my usual closer to a hundred K and then plan to write on something else at the same time. It, having multiple projects in the pipeline this month worked really well until I hit that point where I didn't want to be working on multiple projects. I usually don't have a problem. It's not a problem doing it. It's I didn't want to. It was like my, I I would stop working on demons and go work on the other project, and I would get irritated because I'd want to go back and work on demons again. So um, sometimes I just got to you just got to give into it. <laughs> like if this is what I want to work on, this is what I'm going to work on. 
I'm adding up my um, my sprints. Give me a second. So keep talking. I have to keep talking. Oh my god. Um, I know. I have found that I sometimes I wasn't really doing well with the 45 minute sprints at first, uh, but I'm doing them. I'm trying to do them when they when somebody books a block of them. I try to get in and do at least one. And usually if I just plan to do one and then go back to the 20s, I can get usually a really good sprint in. Um, but it, it's really – I'm really learning through this whole sprint process about listening to what my body is telling me as well as what my where my creativity is going and also – uh, and I think that just being more in tune with that is giving me more energy to put into writing. And I'm spending less time overall writing, even though I'm getting a lot more writing done, which is an interesting little paradox that I'm spending less time at it, but that I'm getting a lot, you know, probably double or triple what I used to get done, done by not exhausting myself with it. And, um, also, I will say a lot of people are doing edits in sprints, and I do find that's very productive as well. We talked about that a little bit once, but the more I do it, the more I think it's the way I will always edit. And the 45-minute sprints are actually pretty good for me for that too, uh, for editing, because giving, getting my eyes a break from staring at the page helps me see my mistakes better and gives me a bit more clarity and more insight into what I'm doing. So... Um, It's been it's been really good to try using the sprints and somebody else is doing something else. Somebody, I think somebody was working in sprints. Was that last night? Like somebody was writing script scripts in in sprints. It's like do whatever you gotta do. Come in and get your work done. <laughs> I might use sprints for doing my laundry. <laughs> I'm gonna fold my clothes <laughs> the next fifteen minutes and then I'm done. I'm gonna take a break. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes like. Uh, I've been taking this new antidepressant, and I signed up for a discount for it. And part of the discount was is that um, they would send you motivational text. I was like, sure, I'll take the motivational text because it's giving me medication for free, right? And I don't want to pay 50 bucks for this shit. So um, I'm like, hell yeah, send me my motivational text. But these texts are actually pretty good. <laughs> it's like, you know, make a list of things that you accomplished versus a list of things you have to do. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'll make a list of shit I've already done. See how that works. It's very handy. Hmm. And like uh make small lists instead of one big list. And it was just really, it was just interesting. I was I'm it's interesting. It's well, now way. now yeah. you're going to have to sh- you're going to have to share that your the the advice they give you with us. Because now we're going to be. Curious. I will. I will. Let me, let me get my phone. And I'll show. I'll, I'll share with you guys the one from today. Where is the motivational text? Sometimes when you're having a problem with a project, taking a step back from it and noodling on the problem you're having is really the best way to go. Um, but if the problem persists. Um, usually when I'm having an issue, if I just percolate on it for a couple of days, I'll figure out why I'm having a problem. But sometimes that can be frustrating 
in a challenge where you want to be participating in it. This is where getting somebody to kind of alpha read or and or bounce, you know, bounce your ideas around with you to help you figure out what's going on can be really beneficial. So today's motivational text is obstacles and setbacks are part of life. Plan for how you will respond to them if and when they happen. The one from yesterday, your doctor is your best resource. Don't be afraid to ask questions about your treatment plan. I think one of the most helpful ones, I was like, I was like, well, yeah, I should do that. Take a minute each morning to plan your day. Be realistic about how much you can get done in one day. I am often very unrealistic about what I can accomplish in a single day. Yeah, yeah. And then I get all pissed off. I can usually pull it out if I absolutely have to, but exhausting myself on any given day is never my goal. Exhaustion and stress is not not where I want to be. Okay, so since I do spread my word counts out, I have little tabs on my little database for different projects, so I can kind of keep track of my management of it. Um, I had to... I don't have one big list of everything, so I needed to, now I need to go at it. Yeah, I have different but this too. Is, it took me a minute. This is my only, um, this is only sprint word counts. And most of them are 20 minutes. So I've written 74K. I don't know how much I've written outside of sprints. I was the, I was and the, our, now, most of my writing has been in sprints since for the last eight weeks. So, I think our first right. sprint was um, what uh, February sixteenth. Mm-hmm. That yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I think is eight weeks. Um, I may not have counted that right though. One well. Four, five, six, seven. Yeah, eight eight weeks tomorrow. Um, even when I'm not on the Sprint channel, I'm usually using Sprint timers because my body's just so much happier with the breaks. So, so it's like 55 um, that, days. Yeah. So, like, most of my... Writing, but 200k in eight weeks, just shy of that. Which I will hit 200k by tomorrow. So that's ridiculous. That is, I know. So that's that's 100,000 words. That's 25,000 words a week, right? In sprints. I have my math right. So, how many sprints have you done? Um, get my spreadsheet back open. I have not done that many. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, but I am adding them up. 
Well, I'm up to 200 so far. Um, I've done, I did the most prints on The Lion and the Raven, which is not a surprise. It's definitely my longest work outside of Finding Magic, I mean, Finding Atlantis. Well, I'm up to over 200 in my count so far. I'm just going based upon rows in the Excel spreadsheet, so uh, easily over 200. I'm trying to figure out what my average is for. It would have to be over 200 because if I've got 200,000 practically, that would be even just doing 200 would be averaging 1,000 words per sprint, and my average is closer to 800 words, so it's probably closer to 250 sprints that I've done. I've done 152 prints. And what was my total? Because I didn't write that shit down. That sucks. i got to add it again. That's really difficult to do using this calculator, right? But I'm going to just die. 74,199. So divided by 152. So my word sprint average is 488 words. And that's equal to about 1,300 words a day. I didn't do all my writing in sprints. I think from now on I'm going to do that just to see if I can get a better. Because I'm well over 100K for the year already, and I didn't do all that in sprints. So So according to this, I would need, based upon what I think my word count average is, I would need to have done about 290 sprints. Um. Which means I'm averaging five sprints a day. Well, what I will say is for those of you who are worried about making a nano word count, making 50K in a a month, most of the people in the sprint are averaging well over 400 words Mm -hmm. per sprint Mm -hmm. in the 20K, in the the 20-minute sprint. So if you do three of those, you've practically met your word count. And if you can do 500 words in a sprint, that's 1,500 words in three sprints. Yep. And you only need 1,667. Now, we do have some people who do not type that fast, but they are still seeing um, huge productivity um, boost by coming into doing the sprints. One of the reasons why Jillian and I are doing the one-sentence prompts the way we're doing them is that we don't post them until we're ready to answer, to, to put our answer out in the public, is because we are going to be using the same prompt in November, um, and we're going to be doing rough trade at the same time. Um, I just wanted to make sure that we weren't going to end up rehashing the same stuff. But I think I'm pretty comfortable now that even if we are exploring the same themes, that our content is is different and interesting and unique. And I think that both stories will be would be well received. You know, I mean, it's like we don't want to go down the same path in November and bore the shit out of each other. 
Yeah. Because I want to be entertained by her story, and I hope she wants to be entertained by mine. But we, if well, we yeah. end up telling the same fucking story, you know, we're not going to be entertaining each other. <laughs> How do you do idea construction for a one-sentence prompt? Um, what we did originally we were looking at the visual prompts that I've been doing and um, building prompts out of them. And so, like, if you look at a picture, and, um, oh, thank you, Dart. Uh, it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of difficult, actually, to say. And I know I, I put that tag on my fucking podcast idea construction um it's kind of hard to say how an idea forms it's it's um i have a very organic process that way um yeah as you have some really great progress i am i'm really you know like every time i see you in the chat in the um sprints going i'm like go girl (laughs) for someone who Mm -hmm. claims to write really slow you're doing really well on the sprints (laughs) And we've had people who are who are producing, you know, um, like more in the last eight weeks than they produced in the entire year prior. And whatever that amount is, is it is, awesome. and that's me. Not well, that's me. I, I definitely did more in the last eight weeks than I did in January. With taking Nano out of it, but well, actually, even including Nano. I did more in the last eight weeks than I did in November, December, and January combined. So, and November was nano. So I, you know, that was just really weird. Um, yeah, when we decided to do the first prompt, I went looking at the Thursday vignettes first, just scrolling through them. And I think I came up with, I think mine were three different fandoms the first time. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. I looked at, the Tony Stark one, I think. I don't know. I just put a bunch of random list of um, just just things that occurred to me as I was scrolling down looking at the vignettes. And sometimes I would get to one that I'd have a blank. There'd be nothing, like no, nothing came to mind. Um, and so I just keep going. And, you know, it was just, it, I think the key for me about the coming up with the ideas was not to get frustrated with not, because it's not uncommon for me not to feel, um, not to get inspired by something visual. So um, when I would feel like I was hitting a wall, I would just take the time to kind of come up with what that made me think of when I saw that picture and kind of dig into it a little bit more, try to come up with some sentences. Like I said, sometimes I would just spit a bunch of sentences out and send them to Kira and she'd be like, and then I'd be like, I really don't want to write some of those. (laughs) I hope she doesn't say them. (laughs) (laughs) But then we had one where we, we we both liked the idea, but the wording of the sentence was kind of not what we wanted. So we retooled the sentence. Mm-hmm. That was <laughs> and the Betty one, was right? Like, yeah. No, that was the um, Sentinel Stargate one. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But we also have our word choice was the... like. <laughs> yeah, we yeah, did. Yeah, it was terrible. Yeah, we did. The word choice was like, you want to stab somebody. And I was like, okay, if, if we did this instead, it opens it up. Because originally it was like no one had been um, asked to become a sentinel until the day 
they made contact with the Janai. And I'm like, I have an idea, but that doesn't fit. <laughs> can, can we work it this way? <laughs> Why don't we change it? Um, <laughs> Let's change it just a little. <laughs> but we but, also reworked the the Betty okay. sentence because what I sent you wasn't even a sentence. It was more of a, I have this idea, but I can't figure out how to phrase it. <laughs> Um, I it was like I could see here I I could hear like three sentences rattling around in my head so I you know, gave her the three sentences and Kira condensed it to one sentence word economics um but for me it's actually pretty easy for me to, for this particular exercise because I tend to um have my ideas and I ask myself questions and I would take my questions and then I would turn them into sentence prompts and and send them to Jilly. Like, what if, and then this is, you know, what comes out, and it ends up being this in this particular sentence if it's not a question. So I didn't ask myself questions until I found questions that intrigued me, and then I rewrote them into prompts. Yeah. So there was no – somebody asked me early on if we were, like, like pre-planning what we were going to write and then, like, structuring a sentence to fit what we were going to write. That's not how prompts work. So, no, that's not. Um, sometimes I even, like I said, I sometimes I even send her prompts and go, "Wow, I hope she doesn't pick that one because I have no idea what I would write for that." Um, right. The whole point was that we not only did not plan before we got the prompts, we didn't plot together. Definitely so didn't plot when together. you thought, because. The whole point was to see how each of us would approach a subject or a topic or a problem. And it became really interesting when we were writing that Stargate prompts because she hit a um, – I finished mine like a, two or three days before she finished hers. And she hit a, um, a, a hard point. And I actually had the solution, and I, but I couldn't give it to her. So I just watched her bitch about it for like two days. And I was like <laughs> – I was I was I was so irritated because I did hit a I hit a wall of feeling like that there was like coercion going on in my because this is what happens when you pants world building it's like whoa, um, but you know I slept on it and I came up with the answer and then we both put our prompt up and then I read hers and I was like motherfucker, there it is that's all that had to happen that one simple thing fuck I was so irritated I was so irritated. <laughs> See, I had McKay already online, and that would have solved her problem with the coercion, but I wasn't – that isn't the point. The point is for us to figure it out on our own. And it was basically so we could decide how different our projects would be in November if we started with the same prompt. Yeah. All right, let's do Which is our prompt. Like, for instance, one of, the, one of the prompts I sent her that I really – as soon as I sent it to her, I was like, I want to write that – was Jim Kirk wasn't sure why he thought a vacation in the country was a good idea. Um, I didn't want to write that the minute I hit send. I was like, I have no idea what I would do with that. Why did that pop into my brain? But there you have it. <laughs> because this was strictly based upon a visual, one of the vignettes of Chris Pine right. next, to a, next to a country home or next to a cabin in the woods or something. And, and so I wrote that and sent it out, and I was like, oh, please don't pick that. <laughs> Please don't pick that one. <laughs> I just yeah, like we we'll, yeah, we would throw out a sentence, and then if the wording was a little too strict, 
or or whatever, we would do a little rewording, and then we would both go off in different directions and write. So no, we weren't. Um, there was no plotting together or anything like that. Just the discussion of the actual construction of the sentence. Yeah, and so we didn't talk about our ideas at all. Sometimes one of us had a very clear idea from the beginning, and the funny thing is, it was usually the person who didn't propose the prompt who had the clearest idea. Right. Because they got yeah. they got to pick, so they picked the one that resonated the, with them the most, and so usually they had the idea and finished fastest. <laughs> But um, <laughs> the person who proposed it sometimes was left kind of scratching their head going, why did I pick, propose that? <laughs> what was I thinking? But we tried really hard not to compare. The only time we ever saw each other's work before it was finished was if we knew the other one was like rock solid on their concept. Because um, there was one time where like, I knew exactly what I was doing. I just hadn't had time to finish it. And she finished hers. I was like, well, I want to read it. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, so, you know, that was the point, to make sure that we weren't going to end up writing um, essentially very, 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 very similar stories in November. Um, And we have not actually constructed the sentence for November yet. We have the idea, but we haven't constructed the sentence yet. But we will. We have time. Um, yeah, Ellie, something like that, perhaps we 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 might the kind of I well actually yes yes to that degree of um, um to that degree we might within within the within the realm that you've given example there we might change we might negotiate change but the thing is uh, in terms of your specific example. Um, the change doesn't would be something one of us could have written to that too. So it, it would have been um, the addition, the addition that you added, the worship has been forgotten bit. That would be like a more like a plot point. I don't know that we would have negotiated that kind of change. It would be no, more I wouldn't if have the, agreed to that. It was more yeah, because that's a plot point, and you know it's yeah, about, it's not about that. You usually don't want to give your audience a right. plot point. But usually the negotiation was more about being less specific, not more specific. But it's within that level of change that you're talking about, which is a few words here or there. But usually it was more re- removing specificity than adding it. Although sometimes um, the prompts were very specific already. They, you yes. know, like the, the first one we did that it was, it was the first one we did was super specific about timing, um, about trying to persuade Steve not to go to Shield. That was very timing specific, and um, your, your characters who are involved just determined for you. Um, so, because there was so much specificity already baked into the sentence as it was, we wouldn't have wanted to include anything more specific than that. Yes, yes, exactly, Ellie. The reverse of a reverse of that is exa- maybe it would have been exactly what we had done. We would have removed the specific part, negotiated to remove the specificity. If I was going to offer that prompt, okay, here's the original prompt that Ellie has written: While hiding in the forest during the war, Harry and Hermione stumble in, into an ancient altar to the goddess of magic. I would actually change that prompt to: 
While hiding in the forest during the war, Harry and Hermione stumble across an ancient altar, period. That way, the writer can determine what the altar is and how it's important. That way, you've given the, um, the writer characters, a time period, and a location. That's more than enough for a prompt. So we hit one of the things we 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 worked with when we were working on the prompts was sometimes we tried to be less specific, and sometimes I think our prompts were a little bit too vague. Um, that wasn't usually the issue, but every once in a while there was one that was just a little bit. It was so open ended that it was a little bit hard to um, figure out where to go with it. Uh, the funny thing is, there's something I didn't pick up on. On um, when we did, when you did "Way the Hell Out of Pearl" and I did "Jurisdiction," is somebody pointed out to me that um, they asked, they wrote me, they said, "Do we need to follow the image and the prompt?" And I said, "What do you mean?" And they said, "Well, the prompt doesn't actually use Tony's name; it just uses Steve's name. It, it could be anybody who's the head of the the new head at NCIS." And I was like, "Well, shit." That's a lack of specificity that I'm not happy about. But, yeah, so what I said was follow the prompt. You know, if it doesn't specify a person and you want to put Mac Taylor in that role, go for it. And I was like, I was kicking myself in the ass because we clearly conceived that prompt with Tony and Steve in mind. (laughs) So, um, hello, mothership. Yeah. Yeah. So, but... But somebody rightly pointed okay. out that the prompt wasn't that in specific. Our next prompt, so I used two names. Yeah, I, I got real specific in the next prompt. There will be no question. <laughs> but I think even our um, our Sentinel SGA prompt, I don't think that was name specific, was it? How specific was that prompt? Oh, I actually had it open and I closed it. Um, finished prompts. Um, Yeah, it's not specific it says, at all. Since arriving so, on Atlantis, no one had been offered the choice to be a sentinel or a guide until the day they they were to meet the Janai. Yeah, and and since and since um, Kira and I both, I mean, the closest I have to an OTP probably is McKay Shepard in the SGA fandom. But so we both went the same path with that because that's what we both were talking about behind the scenes was McKay and Shepard. Um, but you could write that with anybody, you know. It, that prompt is is really that's really open ended. It could be anybody on the city. It could be Tony and Ronan. So, yeah, you just could use mad. the art that that went with the prompt because it wouldn't match. But yeah, yeah. So the, but the, the next the, prompt, I used two names. <laughs> yes, she did. <laughs> she got all up in the names. <laughs> We're not going to be vague There is anymore. no doubt. It's not vague. It's in the banner. It's in the prompt. I used full names. There's no question. Uh, 
Um, I'm using PhotoJet for that. Uh, and they have different filters and stuff that you can use to, to kind of, you know, make the banners be funky and stuff. I will show you guys the next banner, but I, we're not going to share the prompt with you until after it's written. Oh, no, no. There, are, You can use that prompt. All the prompts on Rough Trade are available as long as Rough Trade exists. There's no time limit. There, there's no... It's, the prompt galleries are about inspiring you, not stressing you. So there's no deadline or anything. And with the sentence prompts, again, you can go with the sentence. You do not have to, it, the the banners are provided for you to use if you want. It's based upon where we both went with it, but you don't have to use the art. The sentence, it's a sentence prompt. So, um. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think that you know, the more I do these, actually, it was it was probably around. It was actually was when we talked on the podcast. We were talking about inspiration and prompts and that kind of thing. Is where I got the idea for the unicorn relay. That was all you know, prompt and podcast shenanigans that brought that about. And that's we haven't really really there hasn't. You might want to explain the unicorn relay again, just in case we have listeners who haven't heard about it. They're like, "What the fuck is the unicorn relay?" <laughs> and then we'll the unicorn get relay. Um, well, also because Angelic Insanity created a group called a unicorn named Tony Dinozo on MeWe, which is why I called it the unicorn relay. Um, and I got to talking about um, um, Uh, I got to thinking, of, we were talking about the podcast about something. I don't remember exactly what tripped this off for me, but, and I also wrote um, some a pro, to a Thursday vignette um, just prior to starting the one sentence prompts that occurred right after around the events of Tony being taken to Israel to account for all of that shit. And that in that story, Tony leaves instead of, or he leaves right after it instead. And I thought, well, what if Tony just kind of didn't go? And what if he quit NCIS over it? And, or planned to quit NCIS over it? And what if, like, everybody in their pet poodle was interested in hiring him? And it created a feeding frenzy for, to get him to hire him. And so I proposed the idea of a relay where everybody would pick, like, a fandom or something, or an agency or whatever, and each writer would write a little episode, a little mini episode, two to 5,000 words about that organization recruiting Tony. So um, we're calling it the Unicorn Relay, and we are, I want to say we're seven relays in right now. Not to be a thick tease, but we're not putting it up till it's all done, because that's how Kira and I roll, is we finish it, and then, then we put it up. But we have 25 relays planned, so absorb that. Uh, we're six done, but we're on number seven right now, I think. Yes, Ellie was. There were a couple people who were volatile. 
they were voluntold. Um, Lady Holder was voluntold um, before anybody else even really knew about it, and Ellie was voluntold. Um, Dude, I'm voluntold I, somebody else. I may, I maintain as your best friend that I was looking out for your interests. She was looking out for your interests. <laughs> I caught this oh, yeah. on the one I thought you would want to write. Dark in your name was in also voluntold. So I don't know why you're all about it. I didn't quite voluntold um, Dark Jedi Queen and Angelic Insanity, but it was it was a near thing. So I didn't just voluntold them into the relay. I voluntold them into being um, like challenge mods. <laughs> like I'm doing a yeah. challenge. You want to come moderate it? <laughs> yeah, I I, I think that's I did conscription. Point. That's like conscription. I'm not sure that's actually voluntold because they're actually going to have to do work too beyond writing. Um, Desert poet thinks she was asked. She wasn't. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. Bless her heart. <laughs> it's it's I, cute to think that that was. I am. I, I I'm a mercenary because I agreed to do it if I could be the anchor. We did have a group. We've kind of put it out there. We're like, would you like to volunteer to do this? You know, but the, I did go hard after the people I could catch. <laughs> it's like, if I can catch them, I'm going to, I'm going to go. <laughs> so, her net. You know. It was a very gentle catch. We're, we're very good with hostages. <laughs> but it's been really fun to see everybody's interpretation. It will even though it's kind of crack taken seriously because the idea is cracky that like everybody in the planet wants to hire Tony. Um, but, and by the time you get it to like 20, you know, there's like the start and then the end and then 23 fandoms in between. Um, it's going to, it's going to have a, a cracky vibe to it, to the whole thing. Right. Because you go through like these, all these things. Um, but it's just really been a lot of fun to see people's interpretation of it. So it's it's when it's all done, it's gonna be it's gonna be really entertaining. But we didn't just do fandom. Sometimes we did. Um, so people brought in um, organizations. Um, like we have one person writing the Secret Service, but they aren't really act exactly using. Um, a fandom for Secret Service. I think there's one character in there that's a fandom character, but it's not based really explicitly on a fandom. Um, well, it would be what was that Ger- Gerard Butler movie? That would be a good fandom to do a Secret Service one in. Is that Olympus has fallen? Yeah, Olympus has fallen. I I would I have I have plans to bring the Gerard Butler Secret Service character into um, a story. Um, we're not avoiding any so hard. I don't even know. Yeah, the only um, <laughs> the only fandom we're avoiding, and it's only for right now, is Harry Potter. Um, and it, it's only it, it's temporary. I'll get over it. I might kind of push her with some one sentence props to kind of get her back in her groove, because because um, uh, I kind of want to see the end of you know. She wants to see the end so of the Leonardo. <laughs> And that one black, is yeah. Lot. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I mean, um, 
I mean, there's some things I would not um, seek to write. So we might do a couple of like more vague sentence, one sentence prompts. People could apply to any fandom, but Kira and I would always attempt to take the same fandom on because that's what we're testing ourselves with, right? Is um, how we do in the I same basic really setting. Enjoy. Really enjoy what? I really, I really enjoyed Olympus Has Fallen. Um, it's a great movie. Uh, sad at some parts, um, exciting at others, rewarding to watch. Gerard Butler is beautiful. Um, but I also have a deep abiding affection, <laughs> affection for White House Down. But I can't even. It's like the difference between Armageddon and Deep Impact. You know, Deep Impact is all beautiful and moody and and about sacrifice and about, you know, it's all, which is kind of like what Olympus is about. And then Armageddon is violent action humor. Absurd. Yeah. And so it's the same way. Yeah. So Armageddon is crack and Deep Impact is, is this beautiful, moving, devastating when that woman hands her that baby and they get on that, I'm like, oh, my God, yes. <laughs> I was done <laughs> with Deep Impact yeah. right then. Take it, but take her. I'm like, take her. Take the baby. Oh, my God. <laughs> but then, you know, like Armageddon was crack. And so, like, when it comes to the, the, the White House takeover movies, um, Olympus Has Fallen is like Deep Impact. And White House Down is like Armageddon. Um, and I enjoy them both immensely. <laughs> um, London Has Fallen is a little, it, 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 it edges more. To, they're trying to take it seriously, I think. But it, it's like, I don't know, it, it, it edged to the ridiculous for me. I've seen it a couple times, though. Because sometimes you just want to <laughs> see things getting blown up. I have not watched London. It's on. It's on Netflix. I just haven't watched it. I, but I do ship that. I mean, I'm sorry his wife died, but I ship it. <laughs> yeah, nothing wrong with that. So, um, yeah, sometimes you just need shit blowing up. So you know, um, I lived in California when when San Andreas came out. I didn't watch. San Andreas until I moved to Oregon. I'm just saying, it, it's not it's not <laughs> just great disaster porn for somebody living practically on top of the San Andreas Fault. It's a little bit too um, it's a little bit too um, new. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed the, the day after tomorrow. I didn't think I would. I'm you know disaster movies are my husband's thing, not really mine. Um, but I do think I'll, I watch them with him, obviously. And I really enjoyed San Andreas. But I like The Rocks because I really enjoyed Rampage. And I know it's ridiculous, but I don't care. I love Dwayne The Rock Ron, J- Johnson. I, I, I do. I, I'm looking I forward love... to Hobbs and Shaw. Did you, did you read it? Read about how, about how he nearly walked away from Rampage? I liked the movie so much no. more after I found out about him nearly walking away from it. Um, no. He... He got the script, and in the original script, George died. And he went, no, I'm not having it. He said, nuh-uh. And his reason, he said, people come, and he said, people come to my movies, he told them that, and this was in the interview, he said, people come to my movies to feel good. 
whether it's me being the bad guy and they really enjoy how that turns out or whatever. But he says, if I'm the good guy, I want them to have a good feeling at the end of the movie, not be crying. And they're, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not doing a movie where you get to the end and you cry. And everybody leaves the theater feeling bad. He said, so he was, and they wanted to stick with it. They wanted George to die. He's like, no. So he was all set to walk away. And they, they changed the script so that George would live. And I was like, good for you. Because I wouldn't have wanted George to die. No. I, I, if, if George had actually died, I would have left that theater pissed. I would have been so pissed. Because I was starting to get pissed anyway, because you know what George does. And I'm like, well, I you do think, you, yeah, you think it. I, I you think like, it for a little while. <laughs> me and my mom are watching it, and she says, is it, is, you didn't tell me the monkey was going to die. I said, no one told me the monkey was going to die. <laughs> I was like, this isn't like King Kong. King Kong's bad enough. <laughs> Although I really enjoyed Skull Island um, a lot. And I, I don't even... I, I enjoy it. I love big monkey movies. I really do. And Jeffrey Dean Morgan was awesome in that movie. I I really enjoyed his whole performance from from oh, one God, asshole yeah. moment to the next. He <laughs> was great. Like, he was, he was great. And when that guy got squished and he just was like, ooh. <laughs> his whole expression when that guy got squashed, he was just like, uh, and he, you could almost see him about to say clean up on aisle four. And it's, he's like, we'll just go out the <laughs> other door. <laughs> but so I think we've kind of got a little bit of a request here before when we get back into the um, one sentence prompts that we do an explodey prompt and maybe a natural disaster prompt. I'm willing to take Nat- that request. Explodey prompts, natural disaster prompts, explosions. And- that could That could be fun. We could, we could, that would be, we could even do a, you could even do a, a, a drabble or a vignette around explodey or natural disaster. Natural disaster is a little bit hard to capture unless you actually show a picture of a tornado or something. And one of the more interesting natural disaster um, fix I ever read was um, in the Sentinel. Um, and it's, uh, it's told from, from alternate points of view and um, the Major's crime team, they're looking for Jim and Blair. Well, the whole time this has been going on, I'm not sure if it was a fire or if the city flooded. I think, I, I think the city flooded. But the whole time they're looking for them, Jim and Blair had, had – Jim must have – Jim had some kind of um, sentinel imperative thing go on. So because he's out in the trenches, him and Blair are passing out water. They're rescuing people. And Major Crimes is looking for them. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like I have not leading people to safety. <laughs> it was great. I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I guess he's natural and he's a disaster, but I would not typically consider Godzilla a natural disaster. <laughs> I don't think Godzilla is natural. He's the the, the the product of a nuclear um, waste. Accident. Well, in. And the one that they referenced <laughs> up above, the 2014 Godzilla, he was natural. He was not uh, nuclear, oh. whatever. They're like these acting um, odd. Yeah, it was kind of an interesting, like, little spin on. At least that's the way I interpreted it. Is that God, the Godzillas were the kind of the um, 
sort of like the earth protectors against like the other big bads that Godzilla fought. So that's why Godzilla surfaced when that, what was that creature they fought in that movie? I don't remember. But no, I typically, in my mind, there's monster movies, there's natural disaster movies, you know, there's, there's like, and there's a different mood for them. And there's some things that kind of bridge them a little bit, but they're, they're a little bit different kind of mood for me. The monster movies. Um, yeah, the Mutos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Thank you. Yeah, the cascade flooded because of a, a tsunami. There was a, and but, but Jim and Blair were out in the sea just helping everybody. They were just help, help, help. They had fresh water. They were just like all in it, doing their duty, sitting on guide. It was great. They did not need they did not need rescuing. <laughs> There's also a really good um, NCIS one. It's one of the few Tony um, Gibbs stories that I read on a semi-regular basis where um, Tony's attending Brad Pitt's wedding. You read that one? And there's like a hurricane. No, I'm not. And... I want it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Tony gets like 10 beneath a tree or something that crashes through the window on this island where the wedding is. Yeah, it's really good. Um, it's short. I'm going to go get it. If somebody can, if somebody knows that one and can find the link, that would be great because of course it's probably, I, I want to say it's called Stormfronts, but my favorite disaster movie like that is Gibbs' house gets hit by a tornado. And there's one with Gibbs' like the house whole getting hit by a tornado. The, the whole neighborhood's flattened and they can't, and everybody's trying to reach the team and Tony borrows a motorcycle from his neighbor and goes into the neighborhood and digs Gibbs out of the house. He's in the basement. He was working on his boat, and he didn't hear the alarms go off. Well, how come and I haven't Tim, read this one? And Tim gets there. He comes in in the helicopter because Gibbs is injured, and they get him out of the um, the 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 house. Um, it's very good. I, I really... I have good memories of it. I, I enjoyed it. it. It's a Tony Gibbs as well, because um, Gibbs realized that Tony was, you know, basically um, here for him, there for him, no matter what. And it was like it, it just it, it changed the, the dynamics of their of, of their relationship. But what I insist that you find the story. His neighbor, his neighbor um, actually traded the use of the motorcycle for a date. And Sonia was like, yeah, sure, we'll go on a date. But then, you know, Gibbs made his play, and he's like, shit. Okay, I'm going to tell my neighbor I can't go out on a date with him. (laughs) You know, he he agreed to the date to um, to get the motorcycle. So uh, for those listening, because I did get chastised recently for not giving a the, the story, and rightly so. We talked about a story a lot, and then we didn't even give the title, which was probably really rude because we talked about it in chat, and we gave the link in chat, but we never even gave the title of the story on the podcast. But the story is called – the one I'm referencing where Tony's at Brad Pitt's wedding, it's called Stormy Weather. It is by CCK361. That's all letters and numbers there. CCK361, and that is on AO3. And that's 
just shy of 6K, so it's it's a quick, very good read. Um, that might be the one that uh, Kira is talking about. I have not read that story. Wow, that's a okay, nice it's, called, it's called Stormfront by Top to Bottom Tids. Yes, Ellie, that's it. Yeah, it is um, 117K. It's 19 chapters. It's on fanfiction.net. It's called Stormfronts by Top to Bottom Tibbs, T-I-B-B-S. That's one word altogether. So, but I think if you put in Stormfronts and NCIS, one word, Stormfronts and NCIS, in, it'll be the first thing that pops up on... Um, is that the same author or is that a different story? Because um, the author it's the same match. one. Different different name, but it is the same story. And I'm giving the link in chat. It okay, is the same yeah. story it's though. Cross, and it's the same authors too. They put a note in the I bet they did to avoid getting um a whole bunch of um angry people yelling at them for Posting something that didn't belong to them. Apparently, top to bottom, Tibbs is their fan fiction account. Um, but yes, it's the first three answers you get in Google if you put in Stormfronts, one word, and NCIS. And that's the one where the tornado destroys Gibbs' house. And I have very good memories of it. It's been a while since I read it, but I enjoyed it. Now, Lady Holder mentioned one up above. I think I've read this one where Jim feels an earthquake coming. Um, this isn't the tsunami one that Kira was talking about. Um, I may have read this one, but I'm not a hundred percent. If it was on prospect, I probably did. Um, I read a great deal of prospect. Yeah. I as long as it wasn't that uh, so this one's called crazy. unsung by like, Legion. So I ha I can't really speak to what that I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure that I've read this one, but I, I think I have because, I said I read, I read, I, I swear I read every, almost everything on K52 Prospect, and then I think that, and then I'm constantly running across stories that came over from that archive that I hadn't read. So, who knows? But we will work on a disaster prompt because that could be a lot of fun. Um, but I don't think we'll do, as Kira said, any any one sentence prompts, um, unless I, I would. Okay, I'll give myself a caveat. We won't do any until May because we don't want to distract people. But if a bunch of rough trade writers who are actively still in the challenge ask specifically, we might do one sooner, because sometimes you do need a distraction from your story that you're currently working on. So that would, but you know, there are still ongoing prompts going up so there should be stuff to do but if a bunch of people say hey i, I really like a one sentence prompt you know you never know because we're both we're both going to finish before the end of the month <laughs> we're going to need something else to do yeah otherwise we'll be all doing crazy stuff there's, there's just no telling well now i've got three things to read <laughs> Because I don't remember, yeah. I know I have read Unsung, but I haven't read it in a very long time. So I'll be reading that one. I'm going to read Stormfront. Um, 
probably not tonight. I got to get to this action scene or I'm going to lose my mind. Um, we got 90 seconds. <clears throat> but the Samadhi one was on Prospect. I'm not sure where it is now, but uh, but if it was on Prospect, it should be on AO3. We just got to find it. We will. Um, are you okay with temporarily pinning the story links um, for a couple of days so people can yeah. come to here to find yeah. the links? And then we'll unpin them when we do the next podcast. There's probably some stuff we need to unpin in there now. I'm just going to okay. pin. I'm going to so we'll see that after. You. Yeah, go ahead and do your pins. Um, we'll we'll work it out next time. <laughs> Anyways, we got the 45 seconds. I've had a fantastic weekend, and we will catch you later. Say so good night, Julie. Good night, everyone. <laughs>